0: Hi, praise the Lord. So glad you could join us once again on our evening broadcast as we continue our series on prescriptive versus descriptive. Um, Again, what does that mean? Descriptive is describing something that has occurred and prescriptive is something that is timeless, something that um, has ramifications for us today, um, like prescriptions. Um, so that's kind of how I distinguish between the two one is just kind of giving an account in the scriptures the other is these are timeless things that we need to apply in our current lives and um, the passage I want to look at is in Judges and in Judges you know this is a time in Israel's history where um, there kind of really isn't any king um, and the people are doing whatever they want and um, these judges kind of prop up, and God kind of brings these judges out, and they kind of help the people, uh, Samson, Deborah. Um, the, the judge I want to focus on is uh, Jepeth, uh who um, kind of comes out out of obscurity. Um, he has a mother who is a prostitute, um, kind of the outskirts, and God chooses him to uh, lead uh, the, the Israelites to victory against the Ammonites. Um, and the Lord anoints him and he has success and he is ready to rear up to go and fight another battle. Um, and the, you know, the spirit of the Lord comes upon him and he makes an interesting vow. And I wanna read the scripture, I wanna read it kind of verse by verse and look at this passage of scripture um, before we kind of dive into what does it kind of mean for us today. Um, again, I'm in Judges 11, uh, chapter 11, verse 29. Um, so the Lord's spirit empowered Japheth. He passed through Gilead, through Manasseh, and went to Mizpah in Gilead. And from there, he approached the Ammonites. And Jephthah made a vow to the Lord, saying, If you really do hand the Ammonites over to me, then whoever is the first to come through the doors of my house to meet me when I return safely from fighting the Ammonites. He will belong to the Lord, and I will offer him up as a burnt sacrifice. What a weird thing to say. Um, (laughs) Whoever walks through that door, they're going to be sacrificed up to you, Lord, if you allow me to win. First of all, God already told him he's going to win. He's already given him the Spirit, and the Spirit... Has empowered him. He doesn't need to. you know, Stick the deck here. He's he's fine. He has all the anointing he needs. But it's not enough. He feels he has to do more. Just in case. And he does a very foreign custom. This is not a. Um, it's not an Israelite custom. To sacrifice a person. This is actually the Ammonite's custom. Is to sacrifice People to their god um in the old testament they sacrificed animals each animal signifies what particular sin you did however you never sacrificed people um there was a couple of occurrences in the scriptures however those were very unique circumstances and had nothing to do with a uh, human sacrifice you know i'm thinking of abraham who had to offer up isaac but it was it was a uh, Show of obedience. By the way, Isaac survived the account. So um, so again, he makes this interesting account. He says, whatever walks through my door, I'm going to kill it for the Lord. You know, I'm sure we've all said something like that. And Jephthah approached the Ammonites to fight with him, and the Lord handed him over to him. He defeated them from Orar all the way to Meneth, cities and all, even as far as Abel, Kermim. He wiped them out, and the Israelites humiliated the Ammonites. Verse 24. When Jebeth came home to Mizpah, there was his daughter hurrying out to meet him, his beloved daughter, his only daughter, dancing in the rhythm of tambourines. She was his only child, except for her, he had no son or daughter. This is the only child he has. When he saw her, he ripped his clothes and said, Oh no, my daughter. You have completely ruined me. You have brought me disaster. I made an oath to the Lord. And I cannot break it. She said to him, My father, since you've made an oath to the Lord, do to me as you promised. After all, the Lord vindicated you before your enemies, the Ammonites. Someone who is not familiar with the scriptures who picks this up and starts reading this, would come to the conclusion that if you make an oath to kill your child, you need to go through with it. I want to make sure we, we see this. This is what we're looking at here. That's why we have to be so careful how we read the scriptures. All right, this is descriptive. This is not prescriptive at all. This is not saying you all need to go and sacrifice your children or sacrifice whoever walks through your door. First of all, that's that's considered murder and you're going to go ahead and serve time. Depends on what state you live, you might actually be executed. So once again, we're not trying to have anybody go to prison. We need to read the scriptures carefully. And see, is it describing, is it a historical account? Is it talking about what occurred? And the Bible captures all kinds of things. So we have to be careful. We have to be able to to, um, dissect what's really... God really trying to say and what's just a story and an account that just happened. And here we see Jephthah who makes his crazy vow who is by the way um, a custom of other religions in the area here in in, uh, in Canaan uh, other cultures did offer human sacrifice that was a you know that that's what you did and his expectation was one of his servants was going to walk through that door And he was going to offer him up to the Lord. So, I don't know, maybe the timing of it all, or maybe God kind of made his daughter to prove a point. Like, what are you doing? This is the most ridiculous thing you could have said. And you're going to offer up your daughter to me? Like, anyway, so here we are. Verse 37, she said, then said to her father, please grant me this one wish for two months. Allow me to walk through the hills with my friends and more of my virginity, because she's not going to get married. You may go. He permitted her to leave for two months and she went with her friends, mourned her virginity as she walked through the hills. And after two months, she returned to her father and he did to her as he had vowed and she died a virgin. So he did kill her. Now, I was taught a Bible study many moons ago. And I remember we came ac- across this, um, this crazy story. And I remember I, I told the Bible teacher, what does this mean? And um, she said, be careful what what vow you make because you're going to have to fulfill it. I I would disagree with that statement. I would say, be careful that you don't make any vows. And James makes that very clear to us. If we read um, James chapter 5 and verse 12, And above all, my brothers and sisters, do not swear either by heaven or by earth or by any other oath, but let your yes be yes and your no be no so that you may not fall into judgment. Don't make these crazy vows to the Lord. And we have to be careful as we read this scripture and we read this story that we don't come under the understanding that whatever crazy vow we make, we have to fulfill it. I think God gives us common sense. So, should he have killed his daughter no this is a account for us to look at to see what can what happened this is historical he he killed his daughter he he made a vow he tried to sweeten the deal god already anointed him god already said you're going to take these people but he said just in case let me just sweeten the pot and bring some of my foreign theology in some of the theology that you know what that i grew up with that i'm pretty sure is not biblical (laughs) which he he was familiar with you know with yahweh but again this was a very unique time people were worshiping idols and they were bringing foreign religions into um, their own religion, Yahweh's religion, um, and so it kind of this convoluted mess. and And we also have to be careful as we, you know, we are reflective of what theologies are we bringing in. And uh, this story kind of describes that. This 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 story kind of brings that out that we need to be careful. What you know, what what are we saying? Is this really biblical? Are we making these crazy vows, um, hoping that God would sweeten the deal, or really is it just our own pride and arrogance, Uh, our own fear, or maybe this is something he can control. He can control offering something instead of leaving it all to God. What's sad in this story is that he didn't need to do that. He, He could have trusted God and went out, and did what needed to be done. But that wasn't enough. God wasn't enough. And I think that's the moral of the story is that God is enough. For him, it wasn't. God wasn't enough. He had to sweeten the pot. He had to find something else and ultimately caused the death of his only child. Very, very horrific, very sad. Uh, account of this man um but what are you doing you know what you know in your own personal life are you is god enough i wasn't planning on going this direction i actually have notes here but uh, i'm kind of being led by the spirit here tonight is god enough do you feel like you you need to sweeten the pot do you feel like you need to do more and God just says, this is what you need to do, but you wanna go above what he said, and you wanna add more to it, and you wanna bring your own things into the to, the to the pot, and it's it's messing things up. Trust in him. He is enough. You don't need to add anything else. You don't need to bring anything else to the table. And as crazy as it seems, He's enough. It's all that you need. Is he enough for you? I went back to my notes. (laughs) When we read the scriptures, we need to be careful whether it's prescriptive or descriptive. As we read through them and we look at them and say, is is God in this? Because sometimes we assume God's silence as, well, God approves us. No, he doesn't. God is silent because it's not a proof. Sometimes God is silent because God is silent. But we need to read the scriptures, read the context, read the whole Bible. Know, scripture speaks to scripture. So just, just don't pull one thing out of context or just pull one passage of scripture and say, well, this is what it means. You have to look at all the other scriptures. And we've already talked about that. You've, we've heard several um, people on the pastoral team already mentioned that um, you know if we were to just take this at face value, it nullifies all this other stuff that's happening. So no, we have to, we have to kind of read the whole Bible. We have to see the whole picture and see what is going on here. And if you read the whole Bible, you see that, you know, oaths are not to be taken and and nowhere in there that says human life should be sacrificed. But I'm gonna go back to where the Spirit led me. Is God enough? Is he enough? Or do we feel we need to sweeten the pot? Can I tell you something? He is. No, you don't need to do extra stuff. No, you don't need to say, well, God, if you do this, then I'll I'll give up drinking soda for the rest of my life. You know, just something ridiculous. Easy enough. Jesus, Lord, we trust you. God, we love you. I pray that as we read your scriptures, Lord, let us be sensitive and see what is the greater context, Lord, and what is really happening in the passage of scripture, that we don't really, Lord, be misled by these stories. And Lord, let us also learn from this poor man's life, God, that has been captured in the scriptures, that Lord, that we when you tell us something, Jesus, when you we're led by your Spirit and the Spirit is over us, God, that that is just enough. We don't need to sweeten the pot. We don't need to add to it, Lord. We don't need to try to make crazy claims, Lord, that if you did this, Lord, and if you did this, and I'll do this and this and this, and God, we, we know, Lord, that you're enough, Jesus, that when you tell us to do something, God, you will be with us, and God, We will succeed. Help us, Lord, to trust that you are enough, God, that you are enough in our time, that you are enough, God, in our day to day, and God, that you are enough in our life and in our home, Jesus. I pray, God, let us completely trust in you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you for joining us tonight. And please continue to tune in at 7 as we continue this great series about carefully reading the scriptures and making sure we don't come to bad theology because we see something that is a story and make it something prescriptive, a principle, something timeless that doesn't exist. Thank you again.